Hello and welcome to No Refunds. My name is Dwight and joining me this week is Alex and Tiffany. Hey, there we go. That's my wife. Uh, So we're trying something a little bit different this time. We're having Tiffany zoom in uh, as well. We are literally in the same house, but we cannot see each other outside of these webcams. However, that's not the important thing. The important thing today is we have another guest, a new guest, and we are all very excited to welcome to the podcast, Jess. Say hello. Hello. So who are you? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I am am Cowie's uh, fiance. We've been together almost six years now. Um, So yeah, I know Alex through through Cowie, obviously. Fantastic. Uh, The the famous Cowie who has emailed in numerous, numerous times. Um, Right. So that's wonderful. So, um, Alex, I know that you uh, are very good friends with Jess and Cowie. You uh, often go down to visit them, disappearing for weeks. It feels like years at a time. Yeah, I, I, I know, I know them. I'm friends with them. Uh, they are people that I go see from time to time. Wow! Another exciting quality. episode of No. That is Refund. a Ron Swanson endorsement. <laughs> this is exil- the exhilarating content that you come to listen to. If people don't pay the big bucks for nothing. Um, so, um, Jess, yeah. why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, like I was saying before the podcast, so we can kind of get like a baseline of your interest. And I've been told that this is apparently a, uh, a dangerous question to ask, but do you have like any favorite TV shows, movies, music, um, um books? Yeah. Like so, that? so my favorite TV show is probably psych. Um, it's a kind of cop procedural, um, but favorite movie, probably Jurassic Park. I think I made that that decision a couple of weeks ago when I saw it at the drive-in. Um, uh, yeah, so that's, I, I really like to read. Reading's kind of my, my go-to, my thing. Um, but that's, uh, that's awesome. me. Fantastic. Jurassic Park is such a solid choice. That movie is like one of those, it's like a rare, perfect movie, in my opinion. It has like every, it, it hits every note correctly, so. And and I think the key about Jurassic Park is that it has aged super well. Yeah. Like no matter, mm-hmm. it, it, like watching it now, I still could be like, yeah, that could have been made last year, and it mm-hmm. would still be amazing. Yeah, even the like um the CG stuff like incredibly holds up well. And that was what nineteen ninety two or ninety three when they Na- were doing those 90- effects. Yeah, they, I guess it would have been done in ninety three because it came out in ninety four. Yeah, fantastic. Great choice. Yeah. It, awesome. It makes me wonder how, like, if the CG still holds up. Because we've watched it, I don't want to say recently, but we watched it, like, in HD at some point. Not in, the, like, the last few years. And, like, how do other movies not, like, their CGA, how does it not hold up? Like, how does it not, I don't understand how that works. Like, it's magic. Alex, do you want to feel this one, or, or am I good? Uh, it's movie magic. So, so Jurassic Park did, did <laughs> Jurassic Park did a lot of things right. Um, namely, the majority of the CG outside of like the brontosaurus is all done like in the dark and at night. So there was it was really easy for them to hide the majority of it. Also, right. they they completely blended um, live action animatronics with the CG, and so your brain didn't have a hard time um, differentiating between the two. So yeah. it was like. And- 
and, and one of the big keys to me is they were they were doing cgi for things that were never meant to look real like in terms of like they weren't doing people they weren't doing things that we see in real life constantly so we never had to make that uncanny valley leap because we're looking at dinosaurs and not even all the dinosaurs looked the way that they sh- quote unquote should have but who the fuck cares because they look awesome um so yeah, yeah but what about things like i'm thinking of like i don't know i don't remember particular but like cloverfield and anything like that like or um uh pacific rim like the I kaiju mean, the kaiju like, stuff like um, not all of that stuff holds up and those aren't things that i see every day i mean it is 2020 so who knows i mean pacific rim just wasn't a great movie <gasps> uh, <laughs> that's fired cloverfield was a pretty low budget movie yeah. um so it's the only I, one i could think of i think that that's how they got away with it but like something like godzilla 2014 i watched i rewatched that recently and that that the cgi looks really good still uh, i think that one's gonna age really well um you know and but that's also one of the ones that like Dw- dwight was talking about i almost said brian um <laughs> like dwight was talking about like a lot of the cgi is done in the dark it's done with clever lighting so that you you're not really asked to question it and and a lot of times um so like for if we're gonna stick on the godzilla train uh the newest one godzilla king of the monsters a lot of times when like the monsters are fighting it's just a completely computer thing anyways it's not like you're trying to um have like somebody real in the shot for some sort of scale or reference so it's a completely computerized image regardless so that is easier to to create and have that hold up because then everything is playing by those computer rules as opposed to having like a real person against um like a green screen who is like maybe they're not matching an eye line or anything like that so i i wonder how um ksi tm has um has aged because it has a lot of those shots that have real people with kong and um it's a lot of it is in daylight like uh, but i remember it looking gorgeous so yeah i I wonder how it has aged now that we're talking about this I watched it probably within the last year and it still still looked pretty great. I agree. Well, I watched it. Year. I watched it right before um going to see uh King of the Monsters and yeah, yeah it held cause, up. Cuz we watched that and we watched something else. We were watching was it the same time we were watching all the the um Predator movies maybe? Oh, maybe. That sounds about right actually. We did yeah, I, like I feel like we went through like a weird phase where we watched a bunch of big dumb action movies or well, an awesome I think, phase. I think um Predator and God, uh, Godzilla came out in a, a couple months apart from each other or uh Godzilla King of Monsters whatever it was called. So I could understand why you would be watching all that stuff at the same time. That makes perfect but, sense. Yeah. Cool. What do I know? everything transition out of that Dwight okay um so speaking of monsters uh I know that uh Jess is getting married to a gentleman and he sent us an email was that an acceptable transition (laughs) I mean some people consider Corey a monster I was trying so we have some emails uh we have three actually and so the first one uh comes from Corey so I'm gonna go ahead and uh read these off so hello guys and gal oh Corey there's there's two gals today uh, I'm reading this verbatim. I was wondering f- 
what you believe most underrated video game is. Also, because I feel like you need more book talk, I have two questions. One, one similar to the video games question is what is the most underrated book slash book series in your opinion? Two, what is your favorite book slash book series? Uh, question mark period or is that a smudge on my screen? No, nope, question mark period. <laughs> um, during this quartile, I have been trying to read <laughs> more books. I almost got through it. Trying to read more books and curious to what genres you enjoy. Okay, so why don't we take this uh, one question at a time? So, uh, what do we believe the most underrated video game is? Hold on, can I can I make a comment? Of course. It sounds like you reading that. It sounds like uh, a Charlie Day email. <laughs> uh, what I, books um, good? Yeah, much what do, do now. What do now? Um. So do I. Have I have I talked about my issues with the word underrated and overrated on the podcast before? I don't think so. I don't think so. I feel oh I I feel like I've talked about it a lot because I bring it up pretty much every time I hear the term because I hate those terms. We don't really need to talk about it, but I'm just gonna say I hate those terms. Add it uh, to the list. Add it to the list of things I hate. <laughs> things Alex hates. Yep. To the big garbage pile of things that Alex hates. Um. So. This is actually something that I've actually that I've thought about from the email because even though Dwight sent it to me a week ago, I forgot about it and didn't prep anything for the later questions. But for underrated video game, I did come prepared. Okay. So, um, I have two games that I think are underrated games uh, from my perspective. One of them is Mirror's Edge which is a game that it was um I played it on Xbox 360 back Same. in the day. It was a free runner. It, so it took place in like a post-apocalypse not post-apocalypse uh like a dystopian future where um like people aren't allowed to communicate with each other and if they are their communications are all they go through the government and you're not allowed to say things. So free runners now like are postal workers for like the po postal black market is basically what it is and you can get messages from place to place and you are a free runner trying to get from place to place to pick up things and deliver them that's the whole game uh, as far as i remember it i think there was an actual plot but i don't remember that much it it was a like mediumly received game it didn't get bad reviews it didn't get great reviews but i loved it like i played the shit out of that game back in like i don't know 2003 i i 2004 seven it came out in oh, college 2008 yeah yeah I, I was definitely in high school 2007 2008 because i didn't have an xbox until then um yeah 360 didn't come out in like 05 i i loved the game and I was really shocked when I found out that other people didn't. I was just like, oh, man, this game's awesome. Why don't people like it? I had a friend I who think... absolutely loved that game. and was like so excited for it when it came out. So that one was like super high on my radar. And I also noticed the same thing. Like it felt like nobody really paid much attention to it. I know it did yeah. eventually get a sequel, but it was like five, five, six years later. And like that it was, was like yeah. under received as well. Yeah, I... I heard bad things about the sequel and i never played it so i can't speak to its quality but i i remember loving the original 
And it was one of the first games that like really challenged me in a difficulty way um, that I enjoyed because I usually hate when I'm, when it, a thing is too difficult in a game, but that was one of those games kind of like Celeste where I was just like, man, this is hard, but I, it's so satisfying. It was almost like a 3d Celeste in a lot of ways. Um, but that, that was the, the first thing that came to mind. And the other thing that came to mind was Bioshock 2, which is actually a really good game from a game design perspective because it fixed a lot of the gameplay mechanics that weren't that great about the first one and just had a slightly not as interesting story as the first one. So a lot of people were just like, oh, this isn't as good as the first one, so it's trash. But it was awesome. Like, I, I still really like the game. When when I talk to people that are playing it for the first time, I'm just like, okay, if you like the first one, I definitely think you'll like the third one. But give the second one a shot, but understand that it's not going to be as good as the other two. Um, but it's still a really solid game. Those are my two answers. How about Tiffany or Jess? Do you guys have an answer? No. Not for video games, no. I don't play enough games to... That makes like, sense. What what? What am I gonna say? Animal Crossing? Like, <laughs> fair. You can say <laughs> really Pocket nothing. Camp. Pocket Camp. I can would probably be an underrated game in your opinion. Or Two Dots. <laughs> um. So do do yeah. Does that count? Does a mobile game count? Game, like games are games. So yes. Eh. I, games gonna, are games. <laughs> but um, I don't. I don't have any idea of like I play games that I like and I have no concept of like how they've been rated, how other people play them, if people enjoy them. Like, I literally have no framing of any of that. So it's a really interesting thing. Like, I just play stuff I like, or people have said, oh, this is really fun. <laughs> Actually, can I can I throw one out? Because it just came to mind, and I don't know. Yeah. This might not be something, Dwight, you might know what I'm going to say. Um, fantasy Life? Oh, good call. I don't know. It, it just, it, like, I, I think Brian played it. And Bonnie might have played it. I don't know well, anybody Bonnie else that did. played it. Yeah. It was just a little art, cute little RPG style game um, that I fell in love with and almost finished uh, on the 3DS or regular DS. Um, but it just like disappeared. So I don't know what happened to it. It was I loved it. I thought it was great. It was a really good. I'm not really an RPG person, but um, I enjoyed it. I just feel like I never heard anything about it or anybody else that played it. I, I absolutely agree with what you're saying. That makes a lot of sense because it was like overshadowed by other games. So that makes perfect sense. Uh, my answer, uh, I'm going to go a little bit retro on everyone. And so whenever there's like top 10 lists of like the best retro games or whatever, these games I feel are always omitted. Uh, and the first one I'm going to go with is from the NES and it's uh, a little ditty called Darkwing Duck. Um, mm. That, In my opinion, it's a very underrated game. It's uh, made by Capcom. No, Konami, sorry. Capcom? I don't remember. I think it's Capcom. Um, it feels like a Mega Man, basically. So it, it's um, you choose your bosses. They're, they're all based off of the Darkwing Duck uh, villains. And so you're going through uh, sets of levels and it's walk to the right. You get different power ups and forms of um, gas guns because you don't shoot bullets. You shoot gas. Uh, and you got like a, a cape that you can block and you can um, go and like find these little bonus levels. And it's a really standard like walk to the right. Uh, and shoot things um, but it is so much fun it has so much charm the music is fantastic um, 
the sprites are really, really animated. There's, like I said, the little secrets. So there's definitely some replayability in that. That's just, I always feel like whenever you hear people talk about like classic NES games, it's always like um, DuckTales or Mega Man, Mario, that type of stuff. Yeah. Darkwing Duck, I feel it never come, that never gets brought up. So I feel like that's a little bit underrated. I, I remember I didn't know much about the game and like, I'm not as much of a retro gamer as you. So I've missed a lot of like, retro games that are highly regarded but i feel like i know enough about games that i know like a lot of the super classics but i remember i was at your house and you were like have you ever played darkwing duck and they had just released like a pack or something called the disney afternoon collection i highly recommend it the disney afternoon collection and you were like have you ever played this game and i was like no and you were like well do you know about it and i'm like i've never like I watched the show. That's about it. And you were like, watch this. And you booted up the game. And I was like, this game looks awesome. It's so um, much fun. That was, yeah. You played other games in there that were also pretty cool. Yeah. But oh, the Disney that Afternoon- was the one that I remember the most. The Disney Afternoon Collection is phenomenal. It's all, I'm 85% sure they're Capcom games. Uh, it's they are. Duck- I looked it up. Thank you. It's DuckTales, <laughs> Tailspin, Darkwing, uh, Darkwing Duck, DuckTales 2, Chippendale, and Chippendale 2. It's awesome uh yeah it was great because i got to play three games because i never owned Chip- chippendale 2 on nes is a legitimately rare and it's a very expensive game i've never played the physical card same thing with ducktales 2 and i never played tailspin growing up i had the other three anyways uh my other underrated game because i'm also going to do two like alex uh is a sega genesis game and i feel like it is also rarely ever talked about this one's definitely a konami game uh alex we played it on stream once it is rocket knight adventure I what feel a like, great game. I agree. Oh I, I feel like whenever people talk about like the classic Sega games, it's always, you know, your Golden Axes, your Streets of Rages, even your, like, Gunstar Heroes has gotten a lot of like um, praise recently. Like it's been included in a lot of like the Sega collections, but Rocket Knight is always left out. I see Tiffany has a, a pin. You forgot Echo the Dolphin. Oh, fuck yeah. that game. Fuck that game. So goddamn fucking hard. I hate Echo uh, the Dolphin. I mean, if, if he forgot anything, he forgot Sonic. Like, that is, like, the staple of Sega. That's cl- okay. First off, you're right. <laughs> Second off, but yeah, Sonic's I, pretty underrated. I love, I love that you led with Golden Axe, because I'm like, you should lead with Sonic, because we're talking about Sega. But Golden Axe is the greatest game ever created for the Sega Genesis. It is, but it's definitely not underrated. I, I would, uh, it's not. It's, it's not. not. I think... I think uh golden axe like three could be considered an underrated gem or whatever but like golden axe is just amazing and everybody knows it and everybody agrees yep like golden axe was released on multiple like three and one six and one carts that that's a a basic bitch uh sega game everyone knows it can you imagine somebody saying that that's their favorite Sega game? What a basic bitch answer. Not at all. It's an awesome answer, but I'm just saying like if we're I'm, talking like hidden gems, underrated I'm stuff. just making fun of myself because that's my favorite Sega game. <laughs> it's totally cool. All right. So that's p- question one. We're just This is going to be all emails today. We're talking a lot. Um, so the books stuff. Um, do we have an underrated book or book series? Um, I'm going to cheat a little bit and I'm going to go with the play. Technically, I read the, the book version before I saw it. Um, Alex, I think you read this when you she were down one time. It. Yeah. Um, it's called The Love Song of J. Robert Oppenheimer. Um, and it is, for those of you who don't know, J. Robert Oppenheimer is the um, kind of the godfather of the atomic bomb. Um, and 
it's all about his and it's, it's it's historical fiction so it's not real but it's his struggle with you know being a scientist and pursuing an end goal and you know at what cost and you know he was looking at it from pure science but he didn't you know think of the repercussions and think maybe I shouldn't do this um so it's his struggle an internal battle and actually in it um it's kind of a conversation between him and Lilith. Um, so as you don't know, Lilith is in Hebrew mythology, the first woman. Um, she was created from the same clay that Adam was created. Um, so she was the first woman and then cast out of, of Eden um, when she refused to, to lie beneath Adam. Um, so it's like this conversation between her and him and um, goes through like his struggle with his faith and his struggle with his purpose. And it's really, really a good play. Um, I read it in college during a class. So um, I would say that's pretty underrated. I feel like nobody really has read it or, or knows of it. So yeah, I, I had never heard of it. And you were like, have you ever read this play? And like, I thought of myself as a my mild theater nerd, because I did theater and in high school and I had read a bunch of plays because I had gone through we our senior year we were allowed to pick a play and then perform a scene from it and if the director like everybody got to do it so we did like 12 different things and then the director got to pick which which show we did and so I had read like 20 different plays for that and I was like nope I've never even heard of this. And you were like, read it. And one time I came down to your apartment and I was there like three hours early. And I was just like, yeah, I'll read this. And I read it and I was like, I just ate it up. It was so good. Yeah, it's like less than a hundred pages. So it's really, really a quick read, but yeah, I, I love it. I like anything with like characters. Uh, I've talked about this before. So what are you laughing at, Dwight? Any uh Anything with characters. Oh, oh anything with characters. Yeah. I, so she likes everything that's ever been I made. misspoke. Things that are really character-driven and about um, people's kind of like, I like, I think that's why I like Captain Marvel so much. Like, just yeah. like the inner inner turmoil and like that, like struggling with things. Like, that's always really interesting to me just yeah. as a person who also like has that stuff. I think everybody has that stuff that goes on in their own head so it's like it's nice to read it and be like yeah I'm not a crazy person like the other it, people yeah. are dealing with the same stuff or like oh this is I don't know I find that stuff really really interesting like getting inside other people's brains I love when when like a, a story whether it be a movie a tv show a play a video game is about like that like gray area of morality where somebody is trying to fight with something where both sides like you can understand why they would want to go either way but why like the positives and the negatives of both sides and where like it's about morals and I, I just it's so good yeah and it was really great I mean J. Robert Oppenheimer is um he's Jewish so like he had kind of a vested interest in seeing the war end but at the same time you know he didn't know it was going to be that impactful and um Right. Yeah, it's just really good. I also really love learning about Lilith because, you know, technically um, we are descendant, all of the females are descended from Eve, um, 
which, you know, kind of sucks, but because um, she was made from Adam and, you know, supposed to be submissive to man. Um, so Lilith was was great and I think a fantastic role model, even though she was cast out of Eden. But uh, it was really interesting. Um, have you ever read Manhattan Projects, the comic book? I think you gave them to me to read and okay. I don't think I did. Okay. No, no, you gave me Why the Last Man. Okay. Because um, Manhattan Projects is also about the development. I mean, it's called the Manhattan Projects. It's about the development of the like uh, hydrogen bomb, nuclear warhead. Um, it's, you know, it takes some liberties with the story and it gets kind of psychedelic and weird. But it's it's really good. And it, it does cover like a similar struggle in the main character i would recommend it if you're into that sort of thing yeah i feel like i might have picked up either an issue or a trade i don't know if i ever read it though who, who wrote that i'm sorry was it hickman hickman or, yeah yeah he his stuff is a very dense um yep it, it's like uh he sets up stuff for like 10 to 15 issues and then all of a sudden it's just boom 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 payoff and it's like yep. such a satisfying like uh way to read stuff i think yep it's fantastic uh Tiffany, what about you for underrated book slash book series? I don't have an underrated. I don't read a whole lot, and I really haven't. So, and I don't. I don't know. But thank I you like for that, asking. I like that Corey gave us questions about books when you know, like he 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 was trying to be like you guys, like seem to like books. You should talk about books more, and we're like, well, we don't talk about books because we never read them. I love well, yeah, the I idea was... of books. <laughs> like we, yeah. we love when we read a book, we usually love it and want to talk about it, but we almost yeah. never read books. I, I'm still. Yeah, in I the... think he was trying to. Sorry, go ahead, Dwight. It's hard to. Yeah, I know it's a little, it's wonky. Um, I'm still in the middle of reading Strange Weather. Uh, like I, I never finished Strange Weather. I've, I've finished three of the four stories in there, and like Joe it's Hill is so one of my good. favorite authors. Yeah, it's fantastic. But like, I'm just so bad at sitting down and reading. It's either like I have to do it while I'm on vacation, which I go on once a year at this point, or like if I like sit down to start reading, like I either get like distracted by something or I like start to fall asleep because I'm, it's right before I go to bed. So it's, well, I'm not specifically calling you out, Tiffany, but yes, like I'll sit there and like, I'll like get ready to read and like, I'll get like a page in and it'll be like, she'll just like talk to me from the other room, which is totally cool. Cause we live together and love each other. So we want to talk to each other, but like, Wait, we, you love each other. Supposedly Ew. it's like a thing. Um, but like Gross. we, we never really, because we never really re read around each other. I think that there, that sort of like, not, I don't want to say boundary, but like the, um, the protocol or etiquette for around reading, like is, doesn't exist in our house. Like it, it right. just doesn't, which is fine. There, um, there, there's no etiquette in our house at all. There are no boundaries. <laughs> true. I pee with the door open. Like there are no boundaries. Yeah. There's no. Nothing. What are pants? What are pants? So my, I'm not very good with those. So my what answer, Jess, you were going to say something. Sorry. I interrupted. Oh, no, no. I was just, I think Corey was trying to be, like, so Corey and I listen to the podcast together a lot, so I think he was trying to be inclusive of me, because you guys talk about video games a lot, which is great. Like, I definitely like video games, but I'm not as into video game culture and all of that. Um, so I think he's like, 
let's see if we could talk about something Jess likes. And it's great because I'm on the podcast. This well, the, well, this is perfect. It worked out. This is absolutely perfect because we don't, ha- we don't have a lot of book knowledge, or at least Tiffany and I don't. So if you want to be our resident book expert, you are more than welcome to come on and give reviews and, and just talk about stuff yeah. because that is a, a, a complete blind spot that we fall into. And I don't yeah. know. I know Bonnie reads a lot too. So maybe it'd be nice to have like the three of you guys and you guys yeah. can do a book, a book, book club, book chat, book club. Fuck, we should start a book club because I don't read nearly enough. <laughs> <laughs> or are those things bullshit? Um, or do you guys already I, have them? Um, people still do that stuff. Do you remember? You remember long, long ago when we were a nonsensical ramblings podcast? Yes. Oh my god. Bo- Bonnie, Bonnie was our book person. I remember that. Bon- Bonnie, Bonnie and was Peter. The book person. Bonnie and Peter. It, Bonnie was so Bonnie and Peter covered different book like areas because Peter. At least back then, I don't know if he still does. He was all about reading YA fiction, most like mostly sci-fi, but he would read anything he could get his hands on that was YA. And like I knew if I heard about anything, I would just go to him and be like, "Is this any good?" And he'd be like, "No, I read the whole series. It's not good." <laughs> and I'd be like, "Thank God I I asked you." Bonnie is a lot more. Uh, eclectic in her reading but at the same time like i i know what bonnie's gonna read based off of like a brief synopsis of it but she's she kind of hits all genres as long as it's in her wheelhouse but they they are definitely readers and jess is definitely in the same category i i would put her in the category of like she reads a lot of um thriller and like true crime stuff uh, Agatha cri- Christie crime yeah. in general oh, um, I love and then there yeah. were none it's fantastic and then yeah. there were none was, is great um, I, ha- I have an answer you I, have an I, answer I have an answer and, and it just oh it God. just came to me and I and I'm and this is fucking real too um, so growing up I read a bunch and like I read the, you know, the monthly chapter books that kind of got like churned out for people like uh, Goosebumps uh, Animorphs yeah. Speaking of Animorphs, the author of Animorphs, K.A. Applegate, had a second series come out at one point, and it only lasted for, I want to say, 13 books, maybe 12. It was called Eververse, and it was fantastic. It's about this group of four kids, um, not even kids, they're high schoolers at this point, so it was a little bit older than me, and they get sucked into this... um, into the world of the gods and it's like so all of the gods of all creation uh have been like kind of mishmashed together so you got your norse gods you got like your um i think it's like aztec gods like with quetzalcoatl i think is how you say it um so and there's just all these other like all these gods brought together and then there's also like alien gods that like we don't know about and it's about this realm where all the gods are kind of fighting for for control but the four people who are there they were brought there by a witch and so like she's kind of like crossing in between earth realm and the god realm and it's all about like them like dealing with like their like prejudices and like their racism and like they're like them like growing deeply as people and it only lasted for 13 books and it was so good underrated tiffany it's called everworld thank you everworld i I have all 13 (laughs) books downstairs if anyone ever wants to read them I was pretty sure it wasn't Eververse because that's just from, from Destiny. That is from Destiny. And I, was, right. and I was like, I think Destiny is just bleeding into Dwight's mind. But I wasn't 100% sure because I had no idea what you were talking about. Thank you. Everworld. It's, yep, that's it. It's so good. That's a uh, Sif or Fen- Fenrir, I think it was. I don't know who it was. 
it's awesome. It's so good. It's so uh, one of the characters gets the sword of Galahad. Oh, it's fantastic. Alex. I was obsessed with Animor- Animorphs as a kid, so I never read that because I was reading the, you know, generally more well regarded. I read Animorphs too. Anyways, underrated book Animorphs. series. Okay, so Can I, I don't, oh. go ahead. So well, mine's gonna transition into the next question. Um, so I I just had a thought thinking of um like books from my childhood. Um, and things that were maybe underrated, the because there was goosebumps. But what, did any of you read the Bone Chillers no. series? It was basically like a knockoff Goosebumps, but the stories were way more fucked up. I remember like an alien one, like an alien abduction one, and it was fucking scary. Did I that- found them to be creepier and scarier than Goosebumps. So maybe not underrated, but just like something that like. Because I loved Goosebumps. I would sit and, like, digest a Goosebumps, like, in a day. Like, in a couple hours. Like, borrow them from my cousins. And I'd be like, oh, I'm going to read this one, this one. And uh, Bone Chillers was the other one that was, like, really fucking creepy. Did you guys ever read the Goosebumps parody books? It was like, no. it was like um, I don't know, something like, like, like Smelly Cheese or... Not Stinky Cheese Man, who, by the way, was awesome. But, like... Uh, <laughs> I'll look him up, but uh, smelly cheese. The books. I read the Choose Your Own Adventure Goosebumps, and I loved the shit out of those. Those were awesome. I still have those on my bookshelf. It was yeah, called. Yeah, you had to like read them constantly yep. to get all of the endings. Yeah. No, literally, like five minutes before we started recording, I went to pee because I do that right before we always record. And I walked by my bookshelf and I went, "All right, we had a question about books," and I just looked at my bookshelf and went. I, will any of these answer the question? And I was like, nope. And then I went and sat down. The the book series I was thinking about is called Goof Lumps. And it was written by R.U. <laughs> Slime. And uh, the first one was called Stay Out of the Bathroom, book two and a half. And then Eat Cheese and Barf, book four and a half. And they only released two of them. And I had them both. <laughs> Those were underrated too. God damn it. <laughs> Yeah, I just found, I just did a quick search, and this was the one I had, Welcome to Alien Inn. It was fucking creepy. Okay. So Alex, it was sorry. so terrifying. Alex, I'm sorry if we ruined your transition, but back no, to you. No, it's fine. So my underrated, uh, my choice for underrated book is also my favorite book, which is how it transitions into the next question because the next question was what's your favorite book slash book series yeah so my fa- my favorite author is philip k dick anybody that knows me knows that because i talk about it all the time <laughs> um and my favorite book by him is called ubic and um it is generally regarded as one of his better novels but you never really hear it talked about because he wrote like a scanner darkly and do androids dream of electric sheep, which are books that get constantly tossed around in the conversation about like some of the best sci-fi novels written, you know, in modern day or whatever. I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. Um, But Ubik. So I went through a huge phase in college where I just wanted to read every Philip K. Dick book I could because I thought he was like a, sci-fi genius and i just wanted to eat them all up so i bought every novel he had ever written and just started reading all the ones that like when i read the dust jacket jumped out to me 
and I just read them in a certain order of just randomness. And this one, when I read it, I just went, this is amazing. Like it's so I don't even know how to describe the plot because it's just so weird and every plot beat feels out of left field and weird. Um, So I really don't know how to describe it. I guess the way to describe it would be it's about two rival telekinetic agencies that think that they have moles from the opposite one in with them and they are trying to get to the bottom of it and it it almost plays out like a an x-men-esque sort of scenario that devolves into like an inception-esque scenario it's really weird it fucks with your mind like it's just so good. I like it's honestly my favorite book ever. I, I've read it like six times since the first time I read it, which was in like 2010. Um, I just keep coming back to it. And so that would be my answer for underrated and favorite book. I don't know why I thought House of Leaves was your favorite book. That's it, what I thought it too. Used to be. It used to be like back in, I, I need to reread it because I haven't reread it since probably freshman or sophomore year of college um it's just such a dense book and it's so hard to reread um but I just remember it having such an emotional impact on me when I read it in high school and like I carry that with me that I was just like okay that's the best book I've ever read and it might still be the best book I've ever read but I we the way we defined favorite when we did our favorite movies was something I could always reread the something that no matter what my mood is, if I picked it up, I could read it. And that's how I feel about Ubik, not so much about house of leaves. Don't get me wrong. House of leaves is amazing. And if you haven't read it, I think everyone should, but Ubik is like 400 pages shorter and (laughs) so much easier to get through. Um, my favorite book is uh, one that I've actually discussed on here at length uh, in the past, and that is uh, Stephen King's It. And um, part of the reason that I like it is uh, I have such a, it's like a weird nostalgic thing for me in the sense that like the way that King describes childhood, uh, rereading it now, um, it is like this amazing, just like slice of life encapsulation uh, of like, what it feels like to be like hanging out with your friends down by a river, building a dam, uh, you know, just like goofing off in the summer. And it is like such a nice, like little, like reminder of like when you didn't have any sort of cares in the world. And like, those are the parts that like thematically and like, like stick with me to my core. And then a space killer clown shows up and it's like some of the most terrifying fiction I've ever read. And I also love spooky, scary things. And so like right. that also then has to do with like, you know, playing in with your own fears and like, like it's, it can get like really introspective at times because sometimes it's, you know, a big scary monster chasing you. And then other times it's like the idea of um, just like a hatred is like a fear that you can have. Uh, it's really uh, layered and I, I absolutely love it. It is like over a thousand pages long. And so every time I've reread it, I've read it like three or four times at this point. 
And so every time I read it, there are definitely parts that I've forgotten, which is a weird thing to say about your favorite anything. But um, yeah. it's it's so dense that like I'll get to a sequence and I'll be like, oh my god, I completely forgot about this. And it's like discovering it again for the first time, which is also really fun. Um, so uh, Stephen King's It, Problem, uh, Warts and All. Uh, I absolutely love that book. Uh, and we did a whole um, podcast on it. So go check that one out. Did we? Yes. Floating, oh, floating down I don't the river remember King. that. It was episode three. What? No, it wasn't. <laughs> episode three. Hold on. Was that 10 Cloverfield Lane or 10 America Lane or whatever? We I think that was it? episode two. Oh, damn. Uh, Tiffany or Jess? Oh, do you guys no. Think? Episode three must have been the VR one where Tiffany freaked out. <laughs> that was a good one. I still have that lost episode, which I will release at some point. <laughs> I saw it the other day. Oh, my God. I'm sorry to throw you under the bus, Tiffany. It's fine. It's fine. Tiffany, what's your favorite book slash series? Oh, God. I just talked about this recently, but I I am still riding the Hunger Games train. I know. I don't read a ton, but like like I remember like in high school and stuff, I loved books like um, The Outsiders. I read that in middle school. Outsiders um, has always been a favorite. Uh, Lord of the Flies brave new world like that type of weird um like the classics like the classic dystopian fiction and i think that bled into like my adult life where i just want to read about teenagers <laughs> doing stuff i've i i love i love i think this is why i like zombie films just like as a thing i just like dystopia which is weird to say in 2020 where we're like living in a weird dystopia <laughs> in some cases uh, but like, and I talked about this like, literally a couple episodes ago, but like I had never been more like ravenous about a book series than Hunger Games, like in my adult life. Just like, again, to recap, saw the movie, had no idea what Hunger Games was and was like, fuck, this is great. Bought the series and just like read all three back to back to back. Um, the movies suck. <laughs> Okay, that, that was going to be my question. I yeah. was going to let you talk and then ask <laughs> yeah, about the no, movies. No, like, I liked the first movie. Um, and the second movie is fine. Eh, I have so many issues. With it, but, like, I just don't love the movies like I love the yeah. books. And I'm reading the prequel right now. I'm further along in the prequel. And I have, I'm, like, I'm in, like, the last, like, little chunk. So I'm, like, what the fuck is happening? So, um, but, yeah, I like dystopia. I like um things and i think harry potter is kind of like this too i haven't really read it but like that concept of like kids and teenagers being in a world where they're like the world already is super fucked up because the adults have fucked it up and they're trying to do better and be better and make changes and be re like rebels and all of this stuff and they're just like they don't understand the bigger picture and it's just oh i don't know i just like all of it i just love it so much so Hunger Games, uh, like, again, nothing has struck me. Nothing has made me want to read like Hunger Games has, like, in my adult life. And I'm I'm reading the prequel, and as soon as I'm done with the prequel, I'm going back, and I'm going to reread the series. Now, my question to you, mm -hmm. how would you rank the series in terms okay. of the books? I'm weird, and I, like, I would go, ooh, mm. My 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 gut reaction is to say Mockingjay, which is so weird because nobody likes Mockingjay. I know nobody likes it except me. You're and such a monster. And I, and again, I like it because it's more about the whole 
universe that's been set up and Katniss is just like you realize that she's such a pawn in this whole thing and like her nobody gives a shit about her like she cares about herself and she thinks she's doing all this great stuff and helping and but she's just this one little tiny part of this giant just fucking mess of a society and just like I just love I love like the politicalness of it I love getting more into like why things are the way they are I don't know I love Love, love, love Mockingjay. I love Catching Fire too, but I think I like the first book more than Catching Fire, maybe. Catching Fire is really, really fun with the whole clock arena. It's really, it's really hard. I'll, I'll let you know when I reread them. So so you might go three, one, two. I might go three, one, two. Okay. I go two, one, three because I'm not a (laughs) heathen. I know I didn't say it was a popular opinion so maybe that's that maybe that should have been my underrated book yeah because <laughs> I accept accept spoilers is it spoilers it's a book series it's been out for like I mean well uh, okay fine skip, skip fine. to this time code I'm not putting in a time code Tiffany don't put it in a time code <laughs> okay without spoilers PETA sucks team Gale um Katniss sucks team everyone else no Katniss is awesome. Katniss sucks. Team Coin. No. <laughs> team Snow. I don't know. I might be Team Snow. We don't know. I got to get to the end of this prequel. So, um, yeah. So, Jess. Yeah, Jess, how about yourself? Do you have a uh, favorite book or series? So, as Alex kind of said earlier, I, I kind of get bad with favorites. I don't like putting that tag on things. It's really like a real serious commitment to put a, ta- a favorite tag on something. Man, imagine um, getting married. <laughs> um, and, you know, since I've read so much, I'm constantly like bouncing from one world to the next. So like the books that stick with me are the ones I would put in my, my top tier list. Um, and one that's really stuck with me is actually a behemoth of a book called A Suitable Boy. It's like 1,500 pages. Um, and it takes place in India in like the 1950s. So like right after they read the, the, they got independence from Britain. Um, and it's all about like this girl, like she's like the main character and her trying to find, quote unquote, a suitable boy um, to marry. And it's all about like different class structure and, you know, um, Muslim versus Hindu and all of this, like this intricacy that I don't really know from, you know, many, many miles away in the U.S. I don't feel like I see like the in-depth look of India at India very often. Um, So I found it fascinating. Um, So that one has definitely stuck with me, I'd say. Um. Is there a TV show of that? I'm not sure. I could have sworn I just heard something about that recently. That would be news to me. I haven't watched it. Um, uh, well, I'm, I'm going to say yes. Yes. You, that's my, you're just going to... Uh, yep, that's my stab in the dark, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the book came out in, like, the early 90s, so a I'm sure there's cool. plenty of space for... So for a, a Suitable Boy is a TV series... It's six episodes that is airing starting July 26, 2020. So two episodes have come out as of the recording of this podcast. Cool. I'm not sure how you can boil a 1500-page book into a TV show, Um, but... A six-episode TV show. I can see like a couple seasons maybe, but six episodes? I mean... Right now, it's it's just says it's one season, six episodes. It's airing on BBC One. That makes sense. Uh, 
I mean, for all I know, each episode is like two hours long. I really don't know. Uh, Didn't you do I any research? To, I just went to type in a suitable boy and I typed in a suitable bot. Oh, I thought you were going to say a suitable the body. And, I, and, and I'd be like, suitable bot. That's the sequel. <laughs> written That's by Philip futuristic. K. Dick. Uh, Philip K. Dick has been dead since 1982. He's a future boy. He could have come back. He he was born in 1928 and died in 1982. He never saw one of his movies made in, or one of his books made into a movie. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? That, I would argue, is a bad thing, but also a good thing because he got to miss out on, like, Next starring Nicolas Cage. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. So that... So- Sorry, Tiffany? Oh, sorry. No, I just, this is really interesting. I just looked this up on Wikipedia. So the TV show, um, it is the first time that a BBC historical drama has a cast that features um, all people of color. Wow. That's excellent. It is, uh, it sounds like they're trying to do like a very like accurate representation of life in India, which is really neat. I like when, I like that people are kind of thinking about that stuff now. So I, I like that they've put it into television, a form of media that I like to, <laughs> I like to take part in. Instead of reading a fifteen hundred page book, I can watch six episodes and I know exactly what happened in the book. All the nuances Spot and on. subtlety and. I I have a question for Jess. I'm curious as to what you think about a book that is so high on your list being turned into something like a tv show because i know like that usually sucks but like how do you feel about that um i'm kind of all for it i'm always for adaptations um i like when you know like it's more accessible so to people like alex who are illiterate um are they able to enjoy enjoy the story um so yeah i'm all for adaptations i mean if they're if they're shitty then you know whatever but I read, you know, if you read the book, then you already have that that story. So, Jess, I have a YouTube channel for you. You might already know it. Have you ever heard of a Lost in Adaptation? I have not. No. It, it is a YouTube channel done by this um, this guy. His name's Dominic, and uh, he looks at books and their adaptations into either movies or TV shows, and he kind of breaks down like what they kept from the adaptation, what they changed, what um, they omitted completely. It's a really interesting like they're like twenty minute long episodes. They're they're minor deep dives into these things, and um, he did like the whole Harry Potter series. And he's done a whole bunch of other stuff that I don't remember, but it was uh, really a lot of fun. So. Lost in adaptation. If you want to check out a uh, an adaptation thing, it was really yeah, cool. Yeah, it sounds pretty cool. Yeah, it was. I I'm gonna also agree with you too that like if if there's something that I like, uh, I'm kind of like mostly mostly all for other people like being exposed to that story and those characters and those things. So like, and it it always like it's good when it's something like that points people back to the original source material. So yeah. I think that's I, cool. I've definitely had mm-hmm. I've definitely had that experience where like something I loved got ad- adapted. I almost said adapted. Ad- adapted. Ad- adapted. Adapted. Um, got adapted, and I was super excited about it, and super excited to like engage with people about like in a conversation about that, and then you know push up my glasses and be like, "But have you read the comics or have you read the book, whatever?" Um, but there are still, I think everybody has at least one 
where they're just like, I never want to see this adapted because A, I don't think it's possible, or B, I don't think it would ever be done right. I feel like everybody has one because everybody I've talked to about it has been, has like thought about it for a second and been like, yeah, I think I have at least one. But like for me, that's House of Leaves. Like I just don't know how you adapt that. Um, I'd be really interested to see somebody attempt it, but I would definitely be pessimistic going in. I'd just be like, no, there's no way they got this right. I would feel that way kind of about Saga. I know I haven't like finished it, but like it that's another one of those stories that's like way too complex to yep. translate. Saga, like if they could get somebody to commit to like, okay, you can have 10 seasons and like 20 billion dollars. Yeah, it would have then, to be like an HBO show. Then I'm all in. Exactly. But but like if they're like, oh yeah, it's going to be on the CW, it's going to be 5 seasons, you can't show nudity, you can't curse. I'd just be like, no, I'm not even. Fuck you. <laughs> oh, I'm out, Tiffany. What you're discussing, or what you're what you're describing there, is the whole reason that you found Hunger Games. So, like, if, if they hadn't adapted those movies, you wouldn't have even found your favorite book right. series. It's not lost on me that that's how I found Hunger Games, <laughs> which is so cool. and 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 dislike the movies kind of a lot, but still love the books. The first one's fine. The first one's good. See, I like the first two. I think the third movie is one of the most boring movies I've ever sat through. And then the fourth movie is so bad that I was just cackling the whole time. I've never I, seen the fourth movie. I, thought the I fourth didn't care. Movie, I thought the fourth movie was so funny. And, like, it's a terrible movie, but I laughed my ass off the whole time. And it's not supposed to be funny. <laughs> like, there's nothing about every, what's happening that's supposed to be funny. But boy, is it a romp. It's so frustrating, again, because that's my favorite book in the series. Yep. So, like, when I saw the first part uh, of, like, I watched it with, like, my sister and um, her wife. And I was just like, this is fucking awful. Like, you took so everything bad. that I loved about this book and, like, pooped all over it. Yep. Some, somehow, <laughs> they made a book that I didn't even really like that much. Like, I thought the third book was fine. They took a book that... I thought was fine and they made it like unwatchable it was just they took all the life out of it it was just yep. so bad but they released uh, that awesome single by by jennifer lawrence churches? That, got, that got radio play oh, they rele- that, there's oh also the hanging a chur- tree that's there's it. also a church's song you? that came Are out you? because of um that i i think it was the fourth movie uh warning call question mark sure oh there's a there are some great songs and i forget um shit i can't think of it right now there's like some really cool folky stuff but god that that jennifer lawrence song are you are you coming to the tree i'm like get the fuck out of here warning call was for the second mirror's edge game oh yeah see that's just bringing it full circle nicely done coming back good job and You're welcome, uh, world. And now we are back to the beginning of Corey's email, so I think it's time to move on. Thank you very <laughs> much on, for that on. one, Corey. Oh, what was that? Hold on. More? Oh, Dead, oh. Air, Dead Air was the song that I was trying to come up with. That's the church's single that came out with Mockingjay. Really? Yep. Interesting. Gotcha. So anyways, thank you very much, Corey. That was, a, uh, that was the episode, basically. So fantastic. Yeah, I well know. done. Corey, I know. Corey, thanks for giving Jess something to talk about. <laughs> 
Okay. That was so perfect. What a perfect email for this. That really was. That was a great one. I'm glad we, yeah. What's oh. next? All right. So next we have an email from Judd. And Judd writes, hey, gang, uh, great to hear you all. And it feels like 100 years since the last episode. This uh, side note, this one was after our first one back from hiatus. So that was when both Corey and Judd's came in after. Um, so it feels like 100 years since the last episode, but that's mainly because of the pandemic and the world is on fire. Despite that, I'm actually doing well. I've been in a new job since April that is great and currently allows me to work from home. So in news, that isn't a shameless appeal to appear on the podcast. Truth. <laughs> If you like Lovecraft on film, you should check out In the Mouth of Madness, which stars one of my favorite actors, Sam Neill. While strictly speaking, not one of the stories from the mythos, it's very much inspired from Lovecraft. Uh, taking a pause on that, I've heard amazing things about that movie. I don't know if any of you have seen it or know much about it, but it's supposed to be great. It's like a really trippy Didn't... mindfuck movie. I might I might be mixing up a question, a conversation I've had with Judd off podcast with a conversation I had with him on podcast. Didn't he talk about that when he was on the podcast? It's possible because that would have been one of his favorite movies that he listed. Well, yeah, because because he limited him limited himself when he came on to to only talk about horror movies. I thought when we asked him his favorite movies, and I could have sworn he brought up because he talked about Pumpkinhead. Yep. Right. And I could have sworn he talked about Event Horizon. In the Mouth of Madness. I, like, I thought these movies came up, but... You have a much better memory than I do. Uh, people go back and check <laughs> the episode where Judd talked about his favorite movies, and you can hear him talk about it In the Mouth of Madness. Maybe. Maybe? <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Uh, but I have heard good things about it. Um, yeah, I've, I've, I've heard great things about it, and I've always wanted to see it. Um, like, every Halloween, it's on my list of, like, oh, I'm going to watch this movie finally, and I never do. It's scored by John Carpenter, so that that's part of it. Uh, why that it's immediately that immediately makes it awesome. Yeah, the, the guys on Red Letter Media have talked about Carpenter's work before, and that one always comes up in terms of like his soundtracks, which are fantastic. John Carpenter is one of like the most recognizable. Like he has such a distinct style, and I love his style of music. It's so good. He also I scored... feel like he did. Go ahead. Sorry. I was gonna say he also scored the thing and Halloween. Yeah, yeah. Good the movies. thing great movie didn't he direct in the mouth of madness uh i believe so question mark uh hold on yeah tiffany you hold look on. that up quickly it is directed and scored by john there we go. i like that though the score was what was most important to you so i appreciate that <laughs> yeah that was the thing that was yeah that's yeah out to me. anyways uh so continue moving on uh in other speaking of tiffany in other recommendations i don't know if tiffany is interested in other types of anime but i would recommend uh, but I would recommend to ask if you, okay, hold on. But I would recommend <laughs> to ask if you to check out Japan Sinks on on Netflix. Japan Sinks on Netflix. Okay, that did was. Jed, did, did, oh, this you said this came in after where literally the last episode I was like, stop recommending stuff to me because <laughs> I won't watch it because you don't know me. It's very possible. Um, I'm just kidding. I always take them and I always like. Like, I know I said that and that was kind of really mean and rude, but like, it's not that I don't want them. It's just, it's, I don't want them for people who don't know me. <laughs> oh, I think I then immediately after that recommended a, an anime to you. <laughs> Probably. And Everyone I always does. I guarantee she was like, you she hasn't watched it. Stop you recommending would. things to me. Let me um, recommend this. So Japan oh, sinks. It's, it is. See, Judd is, Judd is good. So it's based on a uh, novel, 
and it's a science fiction thriller dystopian fiction that's right up your alley it's just (laughs) missing the term ya it's missing (laughs) ya yeah but it's a it's a 1973 disaster novel and they made a a series about it so that's actually it's on netflix that sounds actually something that i might enjoy uh tiffany before we continue can i just point out and this is a little bit of insider baseball but i really appreciate uh the new technique that you are using on this episode which i'm going to call the ryan technique <laughs> and i think that is what you know it as is that the me pulling out all the facts yep. okay so uh, don't make fun of me so the the other podcast that uh, Tiffany listens to, Crash Test Live, uh, which we talked about on the last episode, oh there there is a, a behind the scenes member named Ryan, and he occasionally pops in uh, doing research on like topics that they're talking about. So he like kind of fills in some like knowledge gaps in that aspect. And Tiffany is actively trying to be like him, and I I deeply I appreciate not. it. It's phenomenal. But I the thing. Think- I'm not actively trying to do anything. I just, I'm curious when people are like this yeah. thing, I'm like, oh, let me look this up while I think I'm she's here. Just, she's just trying to help because normally we talk out of our asses and say things like <laughs> we know they're facts and often we're just wrong. <laughs> she's being very professional and I like it. Yeah. She's trying to fact check us before we can let our fans fact check us and send us emails yelling about how we were wrong. Yeah. Yeah. So I appreciate, I appreciate what Tiffany's I'm doing. I'm saying I like Thank it you. too. You, you should stop vilifying her. I'm not. Mm. No, you're fine. I, I appreciate that you noticed that my research is helpful. I did. I'm just fucking with you, Tiffany. I know, I know. <laughs> so continuing on, Judd writes about japan sinks i didn't really know what to expect going into it but it was powerful and an ultimately hopeful story that was well worth the watch and i think in today this is me uh dwight speaking i think in today's uh what's going on we could all use something that's a little bit hopeful now on to horror and misery porn from judd um that's my life i i think So uh, this is in response horror to our and misery. this is in response to our uh, episode fifty two discussion on horror versus misery porn. Uh, I think that when you are torture li- porn, <laughs> yes, torture porn, correct. Uh, I think that when you are living in an active dystopia, it's hard to deal with watching those kinds of films. My empathy has been worn thin because of what is going on in the world. Good horror is still a morality play. Good triumphs over evil eventually. Dwight says, "I disagree." Moving on. Uh, anyway, I hope you're all doing well and staying healthy, Judd. Uh, P.S. I originally had a Judd Dwight swap joke in the email, but figured it wouldn't work so well in an email. P.P.S. Ice cream is the best. So this that's is the best email we've ever received. Tiffany re- ate ice cream right before the podcast. Again. Um, now, uh, going back to uh, what he said about... Um, misery porn is that what that's he what it? he called Tort- it yes misery torture porn. porn jess said something to me about that the other day and i think that she could maybe say what she said to me if i remembered i totally would um, what's, what's the thing that you won't watch for the same reason that tiffany doesn't yeah. like to watch yeah black mirror i cannot watch black mirror i i love like when i'm watching it i love the show but it's so depressing and it's mostly depressing because you know it could happen at any moment any of these episodes and it's i can't watch it and Corey keeps bugging me to watch it and i feel so bad because he loves the show but he won't watch it without me but i just i need to be in the right mood and i'm just never in the right mood anymore uh yeah it's like it's 
watching that show is really about being in the right headspace to tackle the heaviness of the the themes and like you know i i talked about it on whatever episode 52 i'm a fucked up person i love watching shit like that constantly um because like i feel like my head i can never get lower than it already is so like yeah throw it all at me who the fuck cares um but like i totally get that that idea like i can't watch things that are real which is tiffany's issue versus you you're like i can see that being real like i I can't do that and i thought that was a very like astute observation and comparison um that i will i'm gonna pretend like i saw and brought up i I also can't watch the news sorry god (laughs) the news is too real yeah i can't watch that either it gives honestly i get nightmares from from watching the news like well then pretty bad yeah i was gonna say there's a reason why i also haven't watched black mirror and that's part of it because it's just like why do i want to be super depressed at and scared about things like just black mirror i think i could be there i might be okay with some of it but i think just from what i've heard yeah i I don't know if if it would be a good fit for me i i have i've still only watched like the first episode and i think i need to wait for this global pandemic to calm down before i can be in like the right headspace to to, yep. to view this um because it's just one of those things where like, like everyone's saying like what is going on right now in the world is just too depressing for something that is like going to be actively like right working again like giving a a incredibly bleak uh image of the future tiffany there, there's already been things that we've watched, like uh, the flu episode of Parks and Rec. Uh, there was something else we watched recently, but we've already watched uh, things that are like... The Office, where oh, they, where and they quarantined. Was, where they quarantined, and there's also that episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, where they quarantine, and it's just like, even some of those things that were like made in jest, like years and years ago, like it's just, it's like, even those, I'm like, ooh, this is, I don't think this is funny anymore. This is not, this yeah. does not make me laugh. It, the Always Sunny episode is about alcoholism in the end, though, isn't it? <laughs> well, yes. I mean, that's... Uh... It, it's a joke about alcoholism, so I think that tells you the t- type of show we're talking about. Um, but what I was going to say is uh, Charlie Brooker, the creator of uh, Black Mirror and the guy that writes most of the episodes, uh, he was asked a few months ago when season six of black mirror is going to come out. And he was like, yeah, we're not writing right now because we don't really feel like black mirror is what the world needs right now. And I was just like, yes, that is true, but I need it. And I'm not the world. I need it. I thought you were going to say you're living it right now. This is, this is the sixth season. He kind of implied that by by being like you like hey he was very careful with his words but he kind of implied it while also saying like nobody needs it right now yeah i remember seeing um an advertisement for black mirror and it's like on a bus stop and it's like black mirror i don't know if it was season six or season five and it was literally just a mirror and it's like happening around you like it was yeah pretty spot on I, i think that was a season six like thing Playing Animal yeah, Crossing made me actively encounter the Black Mirror 
because every time I would go into a loading screen, I would just be staring at myself like with my nasty double chins. Like, and I was like, oh my God, this is what that show is about. And I just wanted to stop playing. <laughs> wow. I like, I like wow. that you said double chins. Well, there's like, yeah, I got like a thousand. Which kind of, of implies that each of your chins has multiple chins. And now I'm just broken. That's why I, I mean, that's better than having no chin. Um, I, oh wait who said i had no chin derek it was derek it was derek right? yep fuck that guy <laughs> never coming back on the podcast derek this is my official invite for you to come back on the podcast and discuss chin talk i, chin I would talk. like to, to make it talk. clear i love derek i'm not upset about that <laughs> i am <laughs> that's it and I, I just want to make that clear i get upset about everything but that i don't care about so overall, okay. thank you, Judd, for the email. <laughs> yes. Um, to go back to Corey's email, uh, I read this trilogy of books called the Pit Dragon Trilogy. I really enjoyed that when I was younger. Moving on. Wait, we can jump back and talk about whatever we want. Oh, I read a, uh, an Alexander <laughs> Lloyd series uh, back when I was in third grade that I thought was amazing. Can we talk about Babysitter's Club Little Sisters? Yeah, yeah. Let's just name book series. <laughs> I'm sorry. Boxcar box Children. Carry on. Yes. Uh, so our Fuck final... Boxcar Children. <laughs> Fuck that. Boxcar Children. The first book in the Boxcar Children series was amazing because it was about like them living in a boxcar and then like coming to live with this other person or whatever. Every other one was a bullshit mystery book and I was so pissed. I was like wanting more adventures of them living in boxcars. <laughs> it never happened. What what mystery is that? I, like I just I just want more kids living in boxcars. I just want to talk about like their story, you know, living in the world, not fucking a Hardy Boys knockoff. You know what else is weird about those types of books is like when you're younger, sorry to go off on a goddamn tangent. <laughs> so when you're younger and you're reading something like like the boxcar children, like I because of books like Goosebumps or Animorphs, things that were coming out on like a regular basis, I just assumed the Boxcar Children was being written in real time. But that book, that series is from like the seventies or something. I'm, I, I, I remember say. my mom reading those. Yeah, so you and um, Nancy Drew. Yeah, like well, so Nancy Drew and like the Hardy Boys. Like I didn't realize that they were older. Like I just assumed that they were. They must have been like reprinting them or something because I remember them still coming out with like new ones. I thought they were new and like. Clearly, they weren't. I don't know if anyone else experienced this or. Uh, well, I'm about to. I'm looking up the books that I read as a kid because I I don't know when they were written. Box honestly. Boxcar Children was the so. Box tar, the Boxcar Children, the original stories story, is from the 20s. Holy fucking shit! Oh my god! Okay, so there oh. you go. Okay. The, the Boxcar Children tells the story of four orphan children. Um, they create a home from them for themselves in an abandoned boxcar in the forest. The original story is from 1924. And then the other ones were like 49, 53, 58, all the way up to 76. If we're going to talk about books that we didn't know were old until later after we read them, I'm just finding out <laughs> that a book series that I read in third grade called the chronicles of pride pride dane i was gonna say narnia i'm like alex those are old um written by alexander or lloyd alexander i always say alexander lloyd lloyd alexander were i read them when i was in third grade so uh late 90s i assumed they, these were written in the early 90s maybe late 80s they were written in the early 60s <laughs> all of them five wow. books came out 
successive years starting in 64 all the way up to 68 i wonder if you go back and read them now if like you could tell that they were written back then because like maybe certain language is just like holy shit you cannot say that nowadays or like modern authors would not be talking like that i wonder if there's like like with so boxcar children sorry this is a boxcar talk uh like from 1924 like that's almost a hundred fucking years ago. Like there's no way that that would be like, um, like you'd be able to read it in like a modern language, like, um, you know, like modern vernacular, which is crazy. And then, sorry, in 1991, they started publishing them and like, they released like six a year after that. Uh, And the last one came out in 2020. Hey, we're in 2020 mystery of the forgotten family. So boxcar children still exist to this day. That's my favorite book series. Oh, you should, you should read it for the next episode, Dwight. I will. I do will, they? Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I will order it right now. Do they have like iPads and iPhones and stuff? Like, I want to know how the boxcar children, like, are, no. is it like the children of the boxcar? Like, what, how no. does that work? I, they're, are they're they a like hundred years old? No, they're like the Simpsons. They never age. Oh, it better still be set in 1924. That's all I'm saying. It's That's probably weird. the same characters and in the same year. It's so weird. Nobody cares if their characters so get weird. older. So weird. They have an original 1924 edition for $11. That's interesting. Anyway, so they must have like updated it with modern language. Anyways, um, sorry Ooh, to... Yeah, that'd be interesting. To sorry see. to go off the railroad tracks this episode. Oh, my. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, choo-choo. oh this box. We have uh, one last email. Uh, and this one is... This- is- Sorry, is no. this episode just all emails? Uh, apparently. This is email the, the episode. <laughs> That's uh, the email name of the, the episode, episode. Just all emails. <laughs> so this one uh, states, Dear No Refunds Popcast, you MFers, Kat and I heard Sister Wives pseudo live on, on, I think, Conan O'Brien a week or so ago, and we loved the song we heard, Super Bloom. But it was like midnight, and we were about, and we went to bed right after. And the next day, I couldn't remember the song or the band. <laughs> I've literally been listening to Alex, Brian, and friend Brian spelled with a Y. Brian and friends talk about this great album that came out, discussing the different tracks, and I had no idea. Thank you so much, friends, for reintroducing this to me. <laughs> idea. Did to... Co- Sorry, go. Did he call it Sister Wives? <laughs> uh, how, yes, he did. That's how. That's how Dwight read it, and I was like, "You know what? I know what he's talking about." But yeah, also- he he wrote "Sister Wives." <laughs> I'm reading this verbatim. I, I that is a mess up that I might have made, but it, it says "Sister Wives" right here. That okay. that is that is. Okay. I mean, obviously, how they came up with the name for the band. They they talk about it in the there's a Spotify like live session recording that they do, um, and they talk oh about God. it on there. I love this. We can share the screen. Yeah, I you probably should have been doing. I should have been doing the this the whole time. This is great. Yeah, but it doesn't really read for the no, podcast. No, I should have been doing this yes, the whole time. Yes, but so it reads for me. I, also, oh, sorry, not to sidetrack. I have a pin. I got to come back to it. Oh, he spelled Brian wrong. I That's know you I mentioned said. it, but I just want to make it clear, Brian. He spelled your name wrong. Stop being friends with Brian, uh, Billy. <laughs> Tiffany, I talked about boxcar children for an hour. If you want to talk I, about something I, else, feel free. I'm sure Billy doesn't mind me interrupting his email. Do you want me to talk to now? Um, And I didn't. So I finally went back and listened to a text. I already texted Alex about this, but I finally went back and listened to the entire um, Mr. Wives album. Cause when we talked about it, I had just like listened to it like once kind of passing through. Um, 
super interesting. The album's called Super Bloom. Super Bloom on the album is written in all caps. The song, it's the last song on the album, all caps, and all the other songs are all lowercase. I just, just an interesting visual assessment. I like when and the album is really good. I, I, I love it. Didn't, didn't they also <laughs> release an EP before this called Something Else Bloom? Like Small Mini Bloom? Bloom. There we go. Uh, yeah. Um, I thought that was interesting, but also, uh, just just double dipping on like the fact that this album is really fucking good, and you should listen to it. I agree <laughs> with everything that Tiffany just said. Jess, were okay. you one of the people who listened to that album as well, and did you like it? Yes, I, I do. I love I love Mr. Rives. Um, I've seen him live a couple times now. It was great because they. They came out the album right um, last week, I think that was. But then, like a week or two before that, one of um, me, Maddie, Kyle, and Corey's other favorite bands, the Aces, also came with an album. Um, so it was like a really jam-packed music experience, and it was awesome. Ooh, what are the Aces? I've never heard of them. Um, they're kind of, I think, a little bit in the same vein. Maybe a little less. Oh, I guess this album's kind of poppy. Um, they're an all-girl band, um, and they're they're kind of like an alt-rock alt-pop sort of sort of band so i will give them a listen because they're, uh, they're pretty great that pretty intrigues cool. me that's going to be a hard sell for tiffany because um i don't know if you want to talk about gonna... this you go ahead well i like uh, so my issue with female singers it does not apply to mr rives it applies to punk pop singers who all sound like Haley williams from paramore oh. so i tend to like other female singers just not in the pop punk genre hmm. i i've i i I don't know if this is related to anything that's going on, but I want to talk about it. And that's what this episode's all about. So I'm going to do it. I've noticed recently that, that I am constantly listening to things with female singers. And I think I just like female singers better. And I like, I don't know what it is about it, but like, I remember back when I was in high school, I listened to this band, The Hush Sound, who has a male and a female yes. singer. And I used yes. to think the songs with the male singer were so much better. And now I go back and I'm like, I don't know. The songs with the female singer are no so much better. She's the lead singer um, as far as I'm concerned. So, like, I, I've been listening to a lot of Hush Sound songs, but only the ones that she sings. I've been listening to Churches, Mr. Wives. <gasps> I listened to the Aces album a couple times. I've been listening to a lot of musical theater, but skipping the songs that men sing. <laughs> it's just, it's been so weird, and I have no idea what it has to do with it. It probably speaks to my psyche in some way. Somebody can analyze this, but let's just move on. <laughs> I I think that's really interesting, because like it, it kind of goes with, like, I love love like you're talking about churches or even like um i'm thinking of like halsey and like that type of like there's like a very specific type of female singer that's like out now and i it's very folky and like indie even like taylor swift like i kind of weirdly enjoy taylor swift i like kesha yeah which is weird uh um, key dollar sign key, huh? yeah but wait there are, no she changed she got rid of the dollar, yeah, dollar yeah, sign yep her new um, album is amazing it's really good but like i like I like female singers. I like female singers a lot. Just like if you're going to play punk pop, I don't, even though, even though like most punk pop male singers all sound the fucking same anyway, um, which is why I like all time. Well, eh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but they, a lot of them sound the same too. And like, I just find that type of singing to just be really repetitive, which is weird. Cause it's like my favorite genre, but it's just interesting that I, yeah, it's interesting to not like a certain type of singer or a certain type of voice or yeah, it's um Are you singing, Alex? 
Uh, yeah, I'm listening to uh, music. Oh, how do you do that and also talk at the same time? Um, distract me. I, I do it every day. That's fascinating. We okay. saw Hush Sound live by accident. I think we've talked about we, that on here before. We did. That they is awesome, great. and I'm so jealous. And yeah. Who did they play with? I'll have to, I'm going to look up who they play with. I think it was Angels Wait. and Airwaves. I don't think it was. Oh, well. It was Go someone. back to Billy's email. Yeah. Okay. So continuing another... Billy. So Billy has an idea to bring up. You should get Maddie of Art of Maddie on the podcast as a guest to talk about her art and various types of art, music, etc. I think it would be a fun, fresh segment. I hate you. I love you. I hate you. I love you. XOXO, <laughs> Dick Van Dyke. Dick Van Dyke. Uh, <laughs> Dick Van Dyke listens to our podcast. Holy shit. So, so <laughs> that's amazing. That's an amazing get. <laughs> a, a little, a little inside baseball. Dwight texted me like on Wednesday or Thursday of last week. I don't remember when. And was like, Hey, you should ask one of your friends to be our guest on the episode next week. And I was like, okay. I immediately went, I want to do something fresh and new, like somebody that hasn't been on before, somebody that might have like a different view of things and different opinion. So I was like, Jess really likes books, or I could have Maddie, who's really into art. I like they were the two that I thought of. Yeah. And I picked Jess, but clearly Billy thinks I should have picked Maddie. So thanks a lot, Billy. <laughs> that sounds like them's fighting words. And someone's not invited to the wedding anymore. Billy. Um, sorry, I think Hush Sound went on tour with Panic at the Disco when we saw them. Oh, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, because that was like right before. That was for Panic's first tour when they only had one album out, right? Yep. Uh, and it was like, um, uh, yeah, 2006. They went on and they were label mates with Panic. That makes sense. I, I think because all the other ones, this doesn't sound like. It's so weird because we've seen so many of these like bands, but I think that would have been, um, yeah, that would have been the one. Um, Panic. Sorry. Dick Van Dyke wrote us an email. Guys. Holy shit. Dick Van Dyke. Do you want to come Holy on our podcast? <laughs> talk about yeah, Mary, we should ask Mary him Poppins. to be on. That would be amazing. You can talk Dick about Van Mary Dyke Poppins. Cool. I'd want to talk about diagnosis murder. <laughs> <laughs> so I can get a boxcar children box set. Um <laughs> Oh my god, yes! So, one through four, cover may vary. I'm interested as to whether or not the cover will be the one that I remember. Oh, or I can get them on this audiobook? Audio CD. Audio CD. You know what? (laughs) Fuck you, I just went to scroll on this like it was my computer (laughs) screen. You asshole. What the fuck are we even doing anymore? Now, see, these (laughs) these are the the covers I remember. Those are the covers I remember, yeah, same. So for those of you listening Holy who shit. can't fucking see this, hold on. For those of you listening who can't see this, Dwight has shared his screen with us via Zoom and is now on Amazon, and we are looking up um, the well, box cards and books. Are, are we not going to cut this? <laughs> Why would we No, even... this is part... This is no. a stinger. This is, all... this is dead air. <laughs> this, of is us not... look... this is us looking at Amazon and going, oh, yeah, that's the cover I remember. Nobody cares. <laughs> they right do there. care. Okay, oh, so yes, if anyone yes. has a vintage boxcar children from the 1989, sell them <laughs> for see, 35 at, do, bucks do, on Amazon right now. Do you see where it says January 1st, 1800? <laughs> <laughs> That's the release date. And these ones the came fuck? out in 1900, a whole hundred years between <laughs> volume uh, episode one and volume 25 through 36. <laughs> Ooh, boxcar 
children journey on a runaway train. Oh, I don't like the updated boxcar children. This is I'm gonna, oh, this is weird. I'm gonna ask a Tiffany question. Is yeah. this the podcast? <laughs> it is. That was great. It is. So that's emails. Welcome to the. That's, that was the, segment one is done. We have like five I, five other things we need to talk about today, guys. Buckle I don't know the if that's fuck happening. up. It's ten twelve. We're going till tomorrow. I don't know if that's Obviously happening. Not. So, my my butt is really sweaty from sitting in this chair. Gross. So the the way we we will progress the episode obviously is to turn to our guest who hasn't had a an opportunity to talk yet because we just started the episode with our emails. True. Guest, what have you been up to during quarantine? And what's your favorite All boxcar right. children book? <laughs> You know, I probably have a, a a bunch of them in my parents' basement. Um, they're worth they money didn't now. Donate them all. They might have donated them, so they're um, probably useless. Also, probably severely water damaged um, since they've been in a basement for all this time. So, um, all right, what I've been doing. Um, I'll give a little bit of backstory first. Um, so Maddie and Kyle, um, Maddie of Art and Maddie, and Kyle, friend of the podcast, who's been on, um, have been. Two of my closest friends since middle school. Um, you know, we've been real tight, and they were supposed to get married in July, uh, July third. So they had to postpone their wedding. Obviously, state of state of everything going on. Um, so because of that, I wanted to kind of tell them that I, you know, me and Corey were with them. Corey and I, we hang out with them twice a week before all this went down. Um, and I, you know pretty bad with words so, so instead of just like telling them hey we we love you we're with you um i wanted to i decided to do something so i got well, i went on shutterfly um and i made this calendar and it's calendar it has photos of the four of us the two of them their dog all of all of these photos mixed in um and throughout this calendar i filled in a bunch of activities um so there on a bunch of different dates there's like a one inch circle it has like a pictogram of like an event for, for that day. So there's no words in the whole calendar. So they can't like look at it and know, okay, this is what we're doing on April 2nd of next year. Um, so instead they get these, these envelopes um, and they can open these envelopes. You know, we give them one at a time and they can open them like up to a week in advance. So it's either a week in advance or like it has like a date on the front of when they can open them. So they open these envelopes and then we do the event. Um, so, so far we have, spent a day at the beach we've watched the sunset um we played legend of zelda out in our backyard on the projector screen that we, the projector we specially bought for, for the for the calendar and then um this saturday we are having a summer ween party um so for those of you that don't know summer ween um is a holiday in gravity falls um and it's kind of just like a summer version of Halloween. So we're going to um, carve jack-o'-melons and watch really bad, scary movies and eat a bunch of candy. Um, and that's the event this Saturday. Um, there's a lot of events in this calendar, but I can't tell you all of them because they don't know all of them. Right. But I'm pretty pumped uh, for some are, of them. Are you going to eat a lot of like, like 
non-name brand candy because that's kind of the theme of the episode <laughs> right so that was the main idea but like we went to we went to shop right today at a grocery store and we just couldn't find any non like name brand candy so like but what i'm gonna do i'm gonna i bought like like hershey bars and i bought like all these other stuff and i'm gonna relabel them so i'm gonna like print out labels and do like mr adequate bar or Solid. homework the candy bar or whatever all those all those candies um from that episode so that's awesome yeah this is okay one this is awesome and two like what a fucking cool thing to do for your friends who like like i i know a few people um who've had their weddings postponed and it's really really awful and it's sad and there's so much build up to that day and it's like like it, it bums me out that like so many people have to put so many events and things on hold. So that's so cool. I love that so much. I, yeah. I remember. So Phil. Oh, sorry. sorry. No, I, I remember talking to Kyle, like in the lead up to the day that the wedding was supposed to be. And like, he was, he just felt like so shitty because you know, you're, you're, you were building, like you said, Tiffany, yeah. you're building up to this day. And I, knew that the calendar was coming and I was so excited but I couldn't say anything and I was just like oh it's gonna be okay man <laughs> and it was just it was like really exciting to hear him talk about it and be like ah we're gonna get to do all this stuff and I was like yeah and he's been trying to figure out because I told him that I'm coming down for a couple events and he's been trying to figure out what I'm coming down for and when I'm coming down and I'm just like yeah I'll be down during this month and he's like, oh, well, there, that leaves this many options. So we'll see. It's fun. Yeah. The one you'll be down for in February, no idea. I like it. Like, I, yeah. if you can imagine the pictogram, some, like some of these yeah. events are big things. And like, you can't like boil it down to a one inch yep. sticker. Um, so the one, I don't think he has any idea what that one is. It's a, it's an awesome idea. I love that. I love that so much. Like that, like just like friendship at its peak, like right there. Yeah, you're better friends than we are. <laughs> yeah, Dwight and I are barely friends. Dwight and I are shitty friends to our friends. We are just that's why we are made for each other because we are the shittiest of friends to everybody else. We're shitty to each other. Uh, no, <laughs> I, I mean. This is coming from your friend, and I'll say something nice about you for once, and then immediately say something shitty about you, because that's what our friendship is all about. I think that you guys, just like any true friendship, you guys are there when it counts, and that's all that really matters. Like, you guys can shut somebody out like it's nobody's business when when it doesn't matter, when it's just like hey, you want to hang out this Friday? And you guys are just like, no, like, no, no, thank you. But if I, like, if I... Nor normalize you, the no. Normalize if, the no. Yeah, but if I text you at, like, noon on, like, a Thursday, and I'm just like, I need to see you, like, can we do something? You're not going to say no. And yeah. Dwight and I are going to hang out, get drunk, and play a video game together. I didn't Wait, get I drunk. I want to get drunk. I want to get drunk. Talking, play a video I'm not game. talking about a very specific day in my life, but <laughs> Joey's is always that, on the table. That that's nice, cause like, yeah, we suck. We yeah. just we just suck in general, and that's just like me as a person. So, but, like, going into the broader sense of this topic that we're talking about, um, 
that's what like friendship is really about yeah. it's yeah. it's not about the day-to-day it's about yeah. like being there when it counts so yeah you guys suck but you don't actually <laughs> i'll take it <laughs> i'm waiting for Dwayne right. to transition you guys get a solid b minus is what i'm trying to say <laughs> I didn't know Brian was on this episode. I'm not, and, oh, I, so I, I'm not transitioning this one. That's uh, that's going to be an Alex job. But um, regardless, that is like one of the cutest things I've ever heard of. Like what you guys were describing, and I am that's so that's so awesome. Like, uh, are you? Um, I know this isn't something that you you're doing for like the Stagrams or anything like that. But are you like? Um, so you have the, the calendar, but are you like keeping track of this in any other like way that like you can share with other people? Cause that'd be really cool to see like the, uh, like you charting it or just see like the, uh, like the history of this. I want to, I want to see your, your vacation slides yeah. is what I'm saying. You, yeah. you should scrapbook the shit out of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I am planning something. Um, I don't want to spoil anything cause it oh. will be something for them. Um, later on so we can talk about it off pod if you want do do you have every single day already planned out like you know everything that's going to happen in this year wow and um what date you don't have to say you don't you can answer this off off pod but if you want uh, what date is your favorite we can cut this out Ooh, that's a good question um oh man i don't know if i okay favorites why do people keep asking my favorites Um, there's a, there's a couple, there's, um, a couple in September and then the one Alex is coming down for, I'm really excited for in February. Um, I'm really excited for that one. Um, but yeah, there's like two in September that I think are going to be absolutely awesome. There's like, I mean, some of these things are like bigger events, but some of them are just like, you know, small things like we went to the beach. Um, but Yeah really excited for some of them for sure so you just said september and i'm like oh that's really cool that's like the end of the year that's next month (laughs) next month (laughs) christ yeah did you intentionally put uh events that you were excited for near your birthday yes yes 100 (laughs) percent. yes also in my opinion september october has some of the best weather of the entire Mm -hmm. year um so i was trying to fit in some outdoor things um in those months so yep cool I love um it. speaking of summer weed that's what i was gonna say because <laughs> apparently i'm the one who needs to do this transition e- even though that happened like 20 minutes ago for all i know i i have no sense of time anymore um speaking of summer ween, on the recommendation of my friend jess like <laughs> On my on the recommendation of my friend Jess, who happens to be on the podcast, I started watching a show called Gravity Falls, which I had also been recommended by Dwight and Tiffany on the podcast. I'm a hundred percent sure we've talked about it on the podcast. Yes, you guys watched it and you talked about it on the podcast, and I asked questions because I was the one person that had no idea what was going on, and I was like, "Oh, that sounds interesting," and then I immediately forgot about it. And then Jess texted me and was like, have you watched Gravity Falls? And I was like, no. And she was like, I think you'd like it. And I was like, okay, I'll give it a try. So, man, what was this, like a week and a half ago? Um, I watched the first episode and I was like, man, the first episode was great. Like, I'm in. And I finished, it's two seasons, 40 total episodes. I finished like four hours ago um i finished today and 
I gotta say, I really, really enjoyed it. I mean, like I blew through it, not just because we're in quarantine, but because I really enjoyed it. Um, I, I did get a little like nervous in the middle of the first season because I was starting to feel like it was losing me. But the second season, every episode had my attention and I loved every second of it. Like the second season, they clearly knew what they were doing. I'm, I'm guessing they had already either been canceled or had chosen to only do two seasons. The, the creator purposely ended it. Okay. I loved the second season. Every second of it was amazing. Every episode was perfect. I fucking, I watched that. I think it took me two days to watch the second season. It took me like a week to watch the first season and then two days to watch the second season. Cause I just, I loved it. Absolutely. Um, and then Jess was told me about the Summerween event and she was like, tell me when you watch Summerween. And I watched it and I was like, that was a good episode. Like I really liked the Summerween trickster. Like it was a really cool character design. And like, even though I didn't love the first season, every episode had something I really enjoyed about it, which I think is something about the show that is really um, endearing. Endearing is the word I want to use. It's just every episode, even if I got to the end of the episode and went, eh, that wasn't a great episode. There was at least one moment that I laughed my ass off. There was at least like, one character moment that like felt good some something about like the one-off villain or the one-off like sideshow that was really well designed or like cool lore like i everything about the show even if i didn't think this first season was perfect just felt good like i i i i'm sure you guys said the same thing when we talked about it on the podcast last time but I'm just going to echo that, I guess. I think my only criticism of the show is I wish it was longer. Like, I, I really do think like, just, I f- it felt to me like just as it was like really hitting its stride in terms of like mystery or like uh, the new, there's like a character introduced kind of like halfway through the second season. And like, I wish there was more with him. Um, yep. And there was just so much like more richness to this world that I wish we could have spent just another season in it. I think that would have been um, like the perfect length. But that's like my really my only like issue with it that I can remember. It's been like two, a year and a half, two years since we watched yeah. it. And I just remember it very positively. It's it's a I, fantastic show. I, normally, I usually want more of something that I like. But for this, I felt like it was the perfect length. Like this to me just felt right. It felt like it was the right escalation and then de-escalation like speed. I I. I liked the length. Uh, hey. That, that's what she said. Nice. Not to me. I think I'm mostly they... I keep doing this. No. I do too. <laughs> See, yes, just now you know what it's like every time I do an episode where I'm always interrupted. You you are the guest. I go ahead. I was just going to say I think I think I'm most excited that I can send Alex all of these um Gravity Falls gifs that like I send to all of my other group messages and I can't ever send to Alex cuz I mean I probably have but he just doesn't get the get the reference. So that's the most exciting part. It's very important. I was going to say something completely 
different well not different um but the thing that's good about gravity falls which like i feel like a lot of kids because it came out what was it 2000 something i just looked yes, it up it was 2000 hold on 20 2000 yes i think it was 2012 to like 2015 yeah, or something yep. but it was so only 2012. two seasons um and dwight and i have talked about this before but like kids shows today and cartoons are just so a lot of them are bad a lot of them are pointless but like gravity falls has like the things that uh, some of the things that i think from cartoons that like we liked growing up um it has like the cute like little you know mythological things but it also has like a lot of heart it has a lot of good themes it has a lot of stuff about love and family and friendship and all of that stuff that like makes kids shows really really good and alex i know you don't like avatar but like it's what makes avatar really good um i know i know leave me alone but like okay. those when you have a kids show and a cartoon that like can do those things really well like i am an adult woman i shouldn't be crying at gravity falls or avatar but here i am like it just it it connects I know it connects with kids because it was popular just like Avatar, but like it also connects with adults and that stuff I think is really important to have those shows and those kids shows that like people can watch and enjoy at any age, watch together as a family. Like I think that stuff yeah. is really, it's really cool and it's really like rare. What, one of the things that, um, Oh, Jess had some, no, Jess already talked. I was like, Jess had something she wanted <laughs> to say. She went first. Um, one of the things that I thought was really interesting, like Halfway through the first season, I looked up Alex Hirsch because I, for some reason, his voice sounded familiar to me and I wanted to look up his other work. And I, I read that he has a twin sister. And then watching the entire rest of the show, I was looking at it through that perspective. Like, I wonder how much of this is just him going, this is what a twin relationship should be like. And this is like the reality of it because like the relationship between Dipper and Mabel just felt so real and genuine. And like, I think it's more than just like speaking to how twins relate. It also just speaks to a relation, a relationship with a sibling. But like, once I saw that, I like couldn't take that out of my head as I was watching the show. And there's just a lot of that kind of, it felt really personal for him uh to what tiffany was saying earlier regarding um uh children's tv shows uh currently uh, i really can't speak to a lot of them because i haven't actually watched them um but i think that one of the the key ingredients to the shows that uh that resonate with us right now um uh, something like uh gravity falls or um regular shows another good I example i just gonna talk um, about regular show is is that the creators of these shows now are basically our age um so the the people who are creating modern children's television are people who have gone through the same life experiences as us. So a lot of the references or humor is something that's kind of in line with the kids who were raised on Nickelodeon cartoons or the kids who were raised on like the old Disney channel shows, things like that. Whereas like, so they have like old anim old TV animation sensibilities in terms of timing and humor and content. Um, but the references are, you know, classic NES games or arcade games that were just a little bit out of style when we were growing up. But they're like things that, you know, we looked at with reverence. And so it's reverence for these characters, things like that. And like, I haven't watched it, but apparently Steven Universe is like a really good example of like inclusivity and what it's like growing up with, you know, being a little bit different. 
which is fantastic. And I really, so like I said, I can't speak to like other shows that are, that kids have nowadays, but those ones specifically that are being made by creators, not being made like by a committee in a room trying to decide like, this is what kids, like the lowest common denominator kids are going to buy toys for. But uh, it's nice seeing uh, creators of our own uh, age making these things. So. I'm glad you brought up regular show because that's the other show that I thought of kind of in the same vein, maybe for like a little bit older crowd. Like regular show always skewed like teenagery to me, like middle school, like, but but exactly JG Quintal is is 32, 33 years old. I think he's I think he's exactly our age, if I'm not mistaken, but just that. Um, but again, you Tiffany have sorry. Yeah. Tiffany and I, because we got a couple of youngins on the show. We're as well. the old whoa, people. Whoa. Jess calls me old all the time, so I'm with you guys in the old category. Yeah, yeah, over thirty. Bunch of olds over here. No comment. Yep. Um, You're but- gonna marry an over thirty, Jess. <laughs> Deal with it. <laughs> but the thing that makes regular shows so good too, like just in, is the same as as Gravity Falls, is you have characters and you have story. It's not just like the episodes. For a while, like in Gravity Falls, to bring it back and, and and also referring to regular show, like for so long, they feel so like just episodic, like it's just the story of the week, the story of the episode. And then eventually the story starts to build and the characters start to build and you start to notice that change. And it's like this really weird, slow thing where you're like, oh, like different than Avatar, which Avatar is like trying to tell a story, but like these these other shows, like the thing that makes them so different than everything else is they have the characters, they have the storylines, and at the end you go, wow, I like like I like these characters, I like these well they're you know anthropomorphic animals and gumball machines and in regular show, but like they're not people like so it's so, it's so interesting to connect to like an animated thing, and it's it's cool to see that stuff being done really well and like i don't know what's coming out now or what's out now but like some these these shows are also a little bit older but i i want to jump on one thing you said there where um you were talking about like character growth which is not something that an average children's tv show really tackles it's it's a even like the simpsons is a good example of this it's been on for like 20 years and those characters have not grown or changed over any any amount of time and i feel like most like episodic children's tv is the same way like where they are at the beginning of the show is exactly where they are at the end of the show whereas gravity falls treats their characters like a living breathing person who changes over the course of this summer and like a perfect example is pacifica um who starts off as like this incredibly bratty person and then the more you get to know her like there's layers under that there's reasons why she is the way she is and she has some character beats and like that was one of like it 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 makes it's a children's tv show so it's really i don't want to say surface level but it's like it's tropes that we as adults now have seen a thousand times but it's executing them incredibly well so if this is like a child's for i think we've talked about this very recently actually uh if this is like a child's first introduction into this like uh type of tv like it's such a good um, introduction to that trope and that like theme. Right. What, one of the things that I really enjoyed about the show that I wasn't expecting to enjoy, like going in, I, I recognized cause you know, I'm not blind to media that I haven't experienced. Like I recognized Dipper and Mabel and Seuss and Wendy and Grunkle Stan, but like the, b-list and even c-list characters are super memorable and 
they all get their moment in the sun. Like every single one of them, like McGucket, uh, old man McGucket is like such a great character. He was always my favorite character. And then he actually starts getting fleshed out in season two. And you're just like, oh my God. And then the get it guy was always like, he's like the my leg guy from SpongeBob where in the first season, he's just there to say, get it every time it's funny just like the my leg guy who's always just like my leg which you always laugh at for some reason but then like in the second season he gets more to do he still only says get it but he he somehow gets developed (laughs) it's um it's really interesting how deep the cast feels after finishing the show because it like on the surface is only like six characters and then when I'm thinking back on the show, I'm just like, no, I remember all these characters that were in like many episodes. Yeah, I think I think kind of what you guys hit on. So the, the two things that are that make a good show are it's a fleshed out world with fleshed out characters, right? And and like you said, that's not really prevalent in, in children's shows. Um, and I had another thing and I forgot it. So we're gonna pretend that those first two were two separate things—a fleshed out world and a fleshed out character. Uh, Jess, Tiffany, I, I, Tiffany loves things with characters. That's true. I love things with—I love things that ha- I love media that has people, places, places and, and things. things. I remember it. Yes. I remember it. Um, oh, I think perfect. the second thing is the good part of it. The mark of a good children's show is when it doesn't talk down to the audience. Um, and it's not stupid because they, the writers think kids are stupid, right? It never like has that moment where you as an adult are watching it and feel like, oh God, I feel dumb watching the show because it's talking down to, to whomever is watching it. Um, so I think that's also a good mark of a, of a good TV, a children's show. Yep. Thank I, you for saying that. Cause I totally forgot to say that. Cause that's exact. That was my other thing about a uh, regular show and gravity falls is that I it's think- not. Yeah. Every once in a while, Gravity Falls towed the line of that really closely. And those were the episodes that I didn't really like a lot in season one. But it mostly did that when it was dealing with bigger adult themes than I think it, um, it is normal to deal with in a children's show. So they kind of couldn't, like, deal with it in that serious of a way so it it felt a little talking down but in in like after I finished the episode I was just like you know what that was really done really well for teaching a kid about this like a really adult thing and so I had to like like I said earlier there was always something positive like I I came back to it and I was just like it's really positive that kids are getting to see something like this in a like really well done way um, without being too heavy or too like dumbed down. I mean, the whole like the whole Bill Cipher thing in general is like really kind of weird and cerebral almost. It's like really a weird villain and it's kind of yeah. Like it's kind of dense for a kids show. It's, it's yeah. kind of dense. Uh so so in in the theme of today's episode um of going off the rails. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Are we going back to Corey's email? Yes, actually. I thought I, we were going I thought we were going back to a boxcar children. The, so in in book 4 of the boxcar children when the dog <laughs> runs away. Did you like the scene when Timmy No, I'm just kidding. Um so 
Jess, I know you hate when we ask this question, but do you have like a favorite episode or a favorite character? Yeah, so I, I told Alex uh, the Summer Ween episode was my favorite just because I, I love the trickster. I love that villain. And also I love the idea of Halloween in summer because I think we can all agree that Halloween is the best holiday um, and should happen year round. Um, but I think also um, the mini goth episode is pretty fantastic. Um, I think that, that one's great. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of winners for sure. How about you, Alex? You literally just watched it. So I, know, I realize asking a question like that might be hard at this point. I haven't even thought about a favorite episode since I just like binged it. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I like the one where the people go to a place with a thing no no no. i i got it i was vamping i was vamping i guess my favorite episode off the top of my head would be the one where um dipper is looking for the author of the journals and he found out that like it might be under this tree so they go into this tree and they go like explore the author's underground lab and i really liked it because Wendy and Seuss were kind of really major in that episode, and they were two of my favorite characters. Um, I didn't dislike Dipper or Mabel, but I really liked Wendy and Seuss because they're just so charismatic. Um, so having them be like major characters in that episode really felt felt right to me. Uh, so that's my answer. Couldn't tell you the name of the episode. I think it's in season two, question mark. I, th- I think I- it's called Into the Bunker. Sure. Yeah, that sounds right. I'm just they, looking these up right now because I don't remember very many of them. They encounter a shape-shifting thing. Uh, yep, face-to-face with an evil shapeshifter. Second uh, yep. episode, season two. Yeah, that episode was really good. Um, before that, my favorite episode was like the fourth episode of season one or something where they go to a mini, a haunted mini-mart that one is um, one of my favorites as well. The inconvenience. I loved. It was it felt right great to me because when Jess told me about the show, she sold it as she was like, You like Scooby Doo, right? And I was like, Yeah, I liked it as a kid. And she was like, Yeah, it's kinda like that. And I was like, Okay. So I watched the first few episodes and I'm like, huh, I don't really get Scooby Doo out of this. And then I watched that episode and I'm like, that was very Scooby Doo, and I loved it. <laughs> It, it's been a long time since I've watched yeah. it. I, th- I think one of my favorites off the top of my head is uh, season one, episode 10. It's called Fight Fighters. Um, it's the one where they make the uh, arcade character come to life. And I really yeah. like that one because I like arcades. <laughs> I was going to say, of course, that's your favorite. Wait, there was you a, like arcades? Supposedly. There was a bunch of good ones, though. Like I also really like I... the um, Pacifica's uh, house party one. That's the one I was just going to say. That's the one that sticks out to me. Um, and the mini golf episode as well. I'm just trying to, it was so long ago we watched it that I don't remember. And I mean, in general, the way that the series ends is so satisfying that, uh, you know, that's also one of my favorite moments in general. Yep. It's, it's like four episodes in length of just pure awesomeness. Yep. Also, the theme song is a banger. 
It's so good. <gasps> I love a the theme banger. song. Yeah, I don't know if you... I, I loved the theme song, but I hated when they abbreviated it for episodes. Yes. Like, I hate it. <laughs> there, there's a, I don't know if it's official, but there's an extended version on YouTube, which like takes Ooh. some of like the credits uh, song and like it like interweaves everything together. And it's like three minutes long and it is so good. There's Solid. also a really great mashup with, I forget what Childish Gambino song and the Gravity Falls. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. That was amazing. <laughs> I forget what that is, but that's also fucking awesome. I don't remember this. Hold on. I'm muting myself so I can listen to this. Okay. Okay. Um. Oh. <laughs> she's rocking out. Yep. So okay. Me. I'm just gonna narrate what she's doing. She she looked like I got she was it. I got it. I got it. I got it. Off screen. What? Yeah. There you go. <laughs> How do we transition out of this, guys? <laughs> I don't know. Uh. Hey, has anybody adopted a cat recently? <laughs> That's yeah, what yeah. I wanted to ask about. Well, I was going to say, so so um, Jess, as our guest, and I think we're kind of, uh, Tiffany and Alex and I have talked quite a bit. Um, is there anything else that you wanted to uh, discuss or bring up or, or or let us know about something that's cute in your life? <laughs> Not Corey? <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, so, well, again, start with some backstory. Um, for about nine years now, I've been volunteering with an animal rescue. Um, and most of that is like every week I go and I take care of the cats um, once a week and, and kind of help them get adopted. But occasionally we foster. Um, so we fostered some kittens. Mostly I fostered like the sick cats, some pretty not squeamish about giving medication and stuff like that. Um, but when COVID happened and they shut down the PetSmart that we were located in, um, it was kind of all fosters on deck. So everybody took a cat and everybody kind of had a cat in their house. Um, so we had a cat, Abby, she got adopted in April or May. Um, and then a couple weeks later, we got a brother and sister, um, Rambo and Maggie, um, they don't get along at all. They're 14. So they've lived with each other their entire lives, but I think they've just like coexisted. Like Maggie's kind of, um, bitchy and she'll like spot it at Rambo sometimes. Um, but when I first got them, I noticed something wasn't quite right with Rambo. Um, he was eating constantly. He's always like starving, but he's real thin and he's a small cat in general. But, um, I, set up a vet appointment and we took him over um, to get his blood work taken because I thought he had a thyroid issue, um, which is very common in older cats. Um, turns out didn't have a thyroid issue, but he was diabetic, which is even worse because a thyroid issue, like a pill a day, no big deal. Um, diabetic, you know, they have to constantly check their blood glucose and you have to give insulin shots twice a day and all of this other stuff. And, you know, we didn't feel right um, putting a 14 year old cat in basically he probably would have went to like an end of life facility, um, where he just kind of lived out the rest of his days. Um, we didn't feel right. Cause you know, he's a fantastic cat. So we're like, all right, we're going to adopt this diabetic cat. Um, so we adopted Rambo. His name's now Bo. Um, cause I didn't like the name Rambo for, he's all of nine pounds, like soaking wet. Like he's a tiny little thing. Um, so yeah, we adopted him and um, he is my ride or die. I tell Corey all the time. He doesn't, he like ignores Corey all the time, but like anywhere I am, he's there. Um, you know, if I'm sleeping on the couch for two hours, he's sleeping on the couch for two hours. So um, yeah, we adopted Bo and that was 
I was telling Alex before the podcast, um, I had just gone through a pack of syringes, which is a hundred. So I had given him 50 insulin shots at that point. So we've had them about two months now. Um, and it's great, but also a lot of responsibility. Um, you know, we have to like, make sure we're like home every 12 hours or like, if we're not home, what are we going to do about Rambo and or Bo? And, um, yeah, but it's, I don't regret it. So I, this is where like my heart, like just melts. Um, cause, uh, backstory for us, we, oh, I fell in love with a 12 year old cat and adopted a 12 year old cat that I also took care of that had some health issues, but like, that is amazing. That's like, so that's the stuff that like when people go, oh, I want a kitten or I want a puppy. And I'm like, no, 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 you need to go and you need to adopt an animal that, that they're amazing. That I say that as Spencer's behind here, um, doing something, but like, adopting animals is like the best thing you can do in the entire world. And it's like, so like, it makes you feel so good. And it like, like you said, the ride or die thing, like those, those animals, those cats and dogs, like they fucking know, like they know that you're, you're doing them a favor and that you love them and that you're taking care of them. And like, I, Oh, that warms my heart. (laughs) I love it. Yeah. They're pretty, pretty great. I I think he has the world's most adorable butt because oh. he he doesn't have a uh, he has a stubby little tail. Yep. He doesn't really have like a a whole tail, and yeah. it is adorable. Yeah, I call him Nugget a lot because first he's tidy, and second he has a little little nugget of a tail. Um, so he's my Nugget. Oh, is he black and white? Oh my god. Yeah, How? he's a. Uh, I look at cats adorable. like I look at cats like that. Like um, uh, a friend of mine adopted a, a bonded pair of cats, and one of the cats is fourteen, also a tuxedo cat. And I'm just like, how do you give that up? Like, I understand like the health stuff can be really complicated, but like, how do you just go? Eh, I've had this cat for fourteen years. Eh, don't need it yeah. anymore. I mean, in this case, her their parent, their owner passed away. Um, so we got yeah. them from their family. But yeah, I, I completely understand. I see it all the time. There's like the old cats are like, eh, we were moving. I'm like, well, if you're not moving somewhere that you can bring your cat, then maybe you should, shouldn't move. I don't know. Yeah. The, the cat got boring. So can you just take it? It's not Fuck a kitten you. anymore. I don't want it. Yeah. I want it a new up. kitten. It grew up. That's how my parents feel about me, but they kept me. (laughs) (laughs) Or even just things like I, because I also was volunteering a little bit at um, the shelter doing like videos and and people would bring back cats like, oh, this cat, they like, they've had it for two days and it just kept hiding. And I'm like, you need to give the cat like more than two days to like adjust. You need to, oh, they're not cuddly or they're not this or they're, and it's like, oh, I want, I want an orange cat. And it's like, you can't go in there and go like, you have to let the cat choose you. Like, that's my yep. philosophy on that. The cat chooses you. You don't choose I, the cat. I remember we adopted a cat when I was, like, eight or nine. And her name was Hope. And she was super skittish. And she would hide under the hutch. We had a hutch. We still have a hutch. But she would hide under the hutch all the time. And so we were just like, okay we'll just leave food out for you and like, you'll get used to it. She didn't eat for a week while she was here. And we were like, we don't know what to do. So we brought her back and I felt so bad. Cause, cause like she wouldn't eat. We didn't know what to do. 
Yeah, that's a tough situation. Like that's that's a little bit different than being like, ah, she's boring. Like like yeah. you're like legitimately at that point concerned for like her well I, I love boring cats, man. <laughs> if they leave me alone, I'm I'm in. Like as long as they're they're like happy. <laughs> so you hate Spencer. Uh no, Spencer leaves me alone. <laughs> oh, does he? Okay. Yeah. I know, I know he jumps on yeah, people's laps. I'm shocked you like Bogey. He doesn't leave anybody alone. Uh, um, Bogey leaves me alone, but okay. Chap- Chappie leaves me too much alone. Wait, who are, who are these animals? Uh, that's also just as cats. Yep. Okay. I've never. Three, three cat household. Yes. Um, yeah, past our limit. Two, yeah, you, two was a good number. You got to um, up those numbers because Billy has six. Yeah. <laughs> Plus a human. Plus a human cat. <laughs> Oh, human cat. I love human cat and and animal cats. Um, I totally lost my train of thought. You're talking. Uh, about oh well, speaking of trains, Boxcar Children is <laughs> uh, a fantastic book series. It's almost a hundred years old. You were gonna ask something, Dwight. I feel like, but because the lights were flickering, I'm trying to go back and remember what we were talking about. The lights flickered and something happened. Oof, I have no idea, man. We I were talking about cats and how cute they are, and then you were being haunted by Smokey. Um, Bring us back, Alex. Come on. Uh, and then we Bo, all got... Bo has a really cute butt, but Dwight took issue with that because he has a really cute butt. Well, I just pointed at myself. So, And I don't, um, and you guys are the ones who say I have a nice dump. So, And yeah, then you, we... You got go- dumps like a truck. Truck, truck. <laughs> then we what? all got on a train. There's something about us getting on a train. Uh, yeah, we're getting on a train, and we're going to end of Podcastville. <laughs> woo woo! Climb aboard. Podcast is leaving the station. Chugga 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 chugga. <laughs> well, this was a fantastic episode, and I really enjoyed the emails that we had. Uh, Jess, you were phenomenal as a guest. Thank you very much. You are more than welcome back to uh, to come back on anytime and talk about books. Um, if you and Alex want to start a book club, I'm sure Tiffany and I will love the idea and maybe read the first chapter of the book. Yeah, me and Alex, we tried to do reading simultaneously, and I would like finish like a month before he would even start. So it never really worked out. Was that the um, Stephen yeah. King thing you guys were doing? Yeah. Yeah, yeah Stephen yeah. King's great. We were know? supposed to read Misery, weren't we? Yeah, I, I read the first paragraph like three times in the last few months, but I I've never been like attentive enough to continue reading misery is a good one it's very different from the movie it's very good i'm more going to read happens i'm I'm gonna read it before the next time we record so we can talk about it that's a week from today i will that is a bold claim that i'm gonna do that okay so you can read that and i will read boxcar children i (laughs) and i'll be done with hunger games by then the prequel we, we can do a full book book god get podcast without jess <laughs> our book person <laughs> great awesome that's like having a full a full like video game podcast and being like let's not invite brian let's bring jess have, have me <laughs> on it yeah wonderful 
Well, um, thank you guys very much for, for recording this podcast with us tonight. Um, once again, we are No Refunds. Uh, you can uh, email us at norefundspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we are starting back up the Instagram. We are starting back up the website shortly. Um, everything is kind of coming up No Refunds. It's it's, uh, it's a good time to be a part of the pod. We've been releasing episodes like wildfire, and uh, it's been super, super fun. So once again, Jess, thank you so much for coming on. I hope you had a good time. Yeah, thanks for having me you're very welcome and uh so that's so great so thank you very much i want to oh yeah and uh hyper potions did the song so go give them (laughs) go give them some love can i say one more thing it's always nice to have other females and other women on the podcast so it was nice to have like not just another penis (laughs) yeah i hear you i have uh, (laughs) three male cats and Corey. so yep um, yeah so yeah, three male cats and a, a female living with you. <laughs> bye. Oh, wait, is that it? Bye. Is that the podcast? Are we is done? That... Oh, wait, am I done? Wait. Uh, bye. 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 Just say bye. 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 <laughs> Are we done? Tiffany, are you wearing pants? No, No. that's why I I just shut my camera off because I went to open the window and I'm not wearing pants. Solid. (laughs) Never wear pants. How's your 